Uh, we're taking back Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> One episode at a time. Uh, we're just getting that little explicit thing on iTunes every episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's how you know it's good. Yeah. yeah. It helps with our intros like, fuck yes, welcome out to the Hype Review. Host as always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Jonathan Hardesty. A lot of C words going around today. <laughs> Ryan James. <laughs> fuck yes. Chewy Darso. I'm very excited about the C word. <laughs> You said that so restrained. Because like, I was I'm very excited about the C word. No, no, because I didn't no, want there, you to blame me. There was like a like a kind of a mischievous nature to it too. Like, uh, I just like I'm excited about the C word. You're expecting me runt. to bleep you now. Where's my runt? I lost my runt. Now I like this candy every time we say C word. Yeah, <laughs> or just bleep her whenever she says anything other than cunt. <laughs> beep, uh, cunt. Oh, <laughs> uh, and special guest today we have Emily Blake. Hi, I don't have a catchphrase. Oh. Is cunt my crunch phrase? <laughs> Your crunch phrase? <laughs> you're just at the gym. You're doing, cunt. You're doing crunches. Cunt, 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 cunt. They would ask me to leave so fast. After 50 reps, you surprisingly get to 150 reps before they kick you yeah. out. Just do it at curves. And baby's like, well, we're all women here. You know, it's okay. <laughs> I don't think it'll work either. Uh, all right, well, so really quick before we get started and everything. Uh, Emily, do you have anything to plug? Uh, 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 Beyond the <laughs> article you write for us, <laughs> cough, cough. Yeah, um, <laughs> Why don't yeah. you plug hthpod.com? I, yeah, I, I, I wrote the first of what I hope will be several columns about women in film for you guys. Uh, and about, this one's about Katniss. Although, after that conversation we just had before we started recording, I'm definitely thinking about writing one about why Ray is not a Mary Sue. Thank you very much. Um, Do it. Uh, I also co-host a, a filmmaker podcast called Chicks Who Script, although we are winding things down. Um, we only okay. got a few episodes left. No, we've still been winding them down. We just haven't recorded for like two months. Uh, <laughs> it's a very well, slow wind down. I thought you guys down. should come back. Like, no, no. We just we, we scheduled one. We scheduled to record uh, with somebody, and then that was the day of the LA Marathon, and none of us could cross the marathon to get to the location. So happen. we ended up having to bump the episode for a, a month. Damn it, marathon. So we, but we are going to record. I think we have four more episodes left and then we're done. Our last one's going to be live at three clubs, but we don't know when that's going to be. Yet. Oh, nice. Exciting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we're hoping to have Stephanie Folsom on because when we, she was our second guest and she hadn't really done anything yet. And now, of course, she's making the Thor movie. That's so we're like, yes, come back, Stephanie. You're our biggest success. That'd be awesome. We helped make you. Not really. Not really. <laughs> Just keep saying that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a podcast. People believe anything they hear. So how about a where have you been doing? Uh, I'm going to go uh, not first. Who wants to go first? Um... I'll go first, because okay. my where have I been doing again is the CW shows. Yay! Because I keep talking about those. But I finally caught up to watching the... Duet. Duet episode. The crossover with Supergirl and The Flash, where it's a musical. Uh, and Darren Chris plays the music meister. I love Darren Chris. Uh, and I like how they rewrote his character for that episode, where he's not just this guy who wears a weird outfit and shoots musical notes at people. That's uh, awesome. That would that would have <laughs> been fun too, though. Like, um, they made him another fifth dimensional bil- being who pretty much tries to teach people lessons through knocking them into a coma and making them sing music. I'm like, great. Uh, and I mean, they obviously did it because there's so many people from Broadway on their shows. Yeah. Um, and it was it was a delight. It was <laughs> just so great to watch them all sing. It was great to watch Malcolm Merlin sing. It was great to watch Iris's dad sing. It was great to watch, uh, I keep forgetting his name, the half of Firestorm sing <clears throat> and Finn sing because they're, they're all so freaking talented. Yeah. But some of them definitely outshined the others. Um, 
half of Firestorm, because I'm just going to keep not remembering Professor his name. Professor Stein. Professor Stein. He is such a beautifully, classically trained voice that he was able to capture just like, I don't know, the beauty of his song so much more than everybody else. But then Finn has such a big, grandiose Broadway voice that he just was able to belt out. When, you mean? When. Sorry. I keep calling him Finn. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Mixing up my nerd characters. Um, Traitor. (laughs) But when. And just, it's so great to see them sing. I know it's all fan service. And the episode, the way it was written, was not the best. But... It's so much such a delight to see the love on their faces, and they were definitely having a ton of fun shooting it. So I, I've heard nothing but good things. I look forward to finally really getting good. to it. Yeah, um, mine is a uh, is another podcast. Uh, I, I'm not sure if any you remember, but back in the day, I was very happy listening to a podcast called DCR, which was DC Radio. And the two guys who ran that show decided that their kids and wives and jobs were more important than comics and shut down their show. And I was very mad at them. Uh, because their show was so good they did such a good job breaking down every single issue that would come out over a week and did it in a way that you understood it and if you didn't have time to go pick that one up you still felt like you had read it like these guys were fantastic and a new show has kind of picked up the torch and it's called dc Squadcast. they don't do as many books as the other guys did because they literally did if it was a dc title book they covered it and these guys do more like just the superhero ones they don't pick up necessarily all of them but they do a pretty good job covering a, a good amount of them and they uh they're both very funny they both obviously know comics and the reason that i picked it up was somebody said oh you like the dceu this show loves it because they started from a show called uh suicide squad cast where they loved the suicide squad movie not a popular opinion um and uh I, the first episode i listened to was all about superman right now in dc and the guy who runs it just went on this huge rant about how people are overreacting about Zack snyder's superman and how he is a great character, even though he's not the same character that we're used to. And he won me over, and I really enjoy the show. So I would say give that one a shot. If you want to hear somebody give a really good argument, better than I could ever do, about why Zack Snyder's Superman is a legitimate Superman character, check out DC Squadcast. And that's it for me. Legitimate. Yeah, like it's and I and I like I I, obviously I'm a DCU fan. Like I've never been ashamed of that, but I'm not the biggest fan of that Superman. I just think he's okay. These guys might have swung me the other way they did a really good job all right hmm. next you guys see that trailer for cloak and dagger no yeah i, I think it turned looks, it off halfway through i think it looks good <laughs> i mean yeah it's a teen you know angst show but i think it looks cool i had to have someone explain to me what f- uh, freeform was because like <laughs> are, are, they, are, they, are, they, are they doing show. the show freeform like what, what does this mean <laughs> so fully like, no. improvised yeah, like, i assume that's yeah. the channel i don't actually know no, it's, it's it what is. abc it family is. used to be yeah, oh, so yeah. They, the, the new name for ABC Family. Right, yes. that makes more sense. Yep. Yeah, but I think it looks cool. Uh-huh. I like Cloak and Dagger, and uh, I am curious if they're going to connect this to the other shows. I think no. now I know... It doesn't look like it. I don't know for a fact, but I've heard rumors that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is ending. Uh, they're picked up for one more season, and then they're going to have the Inhumans in this. So I don't know if they're going to hmm. connect them in any way or what. It'd be interesting, but yeah, yeah I, I, I've never been. The, 
I love the Cloak and Dagger movie from the 80s, but that's not related. Um, <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, but I, I, I've never been a big fan of them in the books. So like, I watched the trailer. I'm like, that didn't swing me. So mm. I think like, I watch enough comic book TV shows. This is the first one I can comfortably say, skipping it. It'll be tough because they are really good support characters, You know, much like yeah. um, the Fantastic Four and some other teams that they haven't done too well with in the universe. They're like, they, they do so much better when they're playing off of the big characters. Well, right. they might yeah. be able to be a little bit riskier because it's not something that anyone, like, it's not going to have a lot of reach right. because Freeform is a channel that no one really recognizes as a channel first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, and gonna... you are, you're, you're dead wrong about that one. Really? People are really into Freeform. Really? Uh, it's just, it's not for people, it's not for cord cutters. Okay. Is the best way to describe it. Interesting. Because I know friend of the show and past guest, Anthony Howard, whenever I went over to his place, he always had Freeform on. Really? Every time. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. Yep. Quit. Jinx. I don't even have a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you have one? Uh, yeah, I'm still playing uh, Thimbleweed Park, and I want to make a correction from the last time I was playing it. Um, the company that the game developer you play in the game is trying to get a job at is not what I said, because I said it wrong. It was a- uh, How dare you? Yeah. The company is named Mucus Flem. So it's like <laughs> Lucasfilm art. So like, it's, you can tell what Ron Gilbert thinks about <laughs> his time with Lucasfilm. Oh, I like that. Yeah, and it, it's a fun character, and she's probably the best thing about the game so far, as, you know, as well as the mystery and the Twin Peaksiness of it. It's, I've had a lot of fun, and it's like I go to that instead of some other games that you and I are really into, and it's, yeah. it's it makes me sad, but I still really like this. Yeah, I'm specifically not starting other games to not leave the one that we're into. Like, yeah, like I have Gravity Rush too, just sitting there waiting. <sighs> I want to play played. that one. I want to like, play that one. I gotta wait, or I'll never go back to the other one. <laughs> yeah, I recommend it. it. It's like twenty bucks. Uh, Thimbleweed Park is, and uh, it plays on a joke that Ron Gilbert made all the way in Monkey Island One, where it's like never play, pay more than twenty bucks for a game, and this <laughs> game is twenty bucks. And I just love that he's a very meta game developer. And I is this really on like Xbox? You said it's on Xbox One. Okay, yeah. and uh, I think PC. Cool, not PS4. Nope, sons of bitches. Uh, PS4 got all of Tim Schafer stuff, so the Full Throttle remaster yes, and all. That's like, right. That's right. We mentioned this before. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, Emily, do you have a where have you been doing? Uh, I've been catching up on Into the Badlands, uh, which I feel like I watched the first season, but I didn't watch it very carefully, and there's a lot of mythology, so I was, like, I, I've been trying to get, like, to understand what the hell is happening now. Um, it's a phenomenal show. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's really ethnically diverse, for one thing, which is great, and it's basically a wuxia story, which is my favorite in the whole world. I could just watch people flying around, stabbing each other, and kicking each other in the face all day long, um... And uh, I feel like it's it's a show that most people aren't. Well, I don't know. I don't know what their ratings are. I mean, they're not like huge, but it's well. It's the reviews a, were pretty rough. Yeah. Like, and I just heard that like it takes a little while to get going. Yeah, like, that's the first what I mean. episodes like, are a little. That's yeah. what I mean. Like first season, yeah. I got I I kind of lost interest in ep- individual episodes, and I got really lost in the mythology. But I feel like second season, they're they're they they've kind of simplified it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it's just the fights are gorgeous. The fights look just. I mean, there was one the other day where they had like a god's eye view on all of these people all fighting each other at the same time and it looked like a chessboard from oh. from above it was just it was really really cool um they've been doing some neat stuff what, what, like what, what is this on amc amc okay yeah interesting it was yeah. on at the same time as uh, preacher wasn't it uh or right around the same time maybe before, I think. just before yeah okay. like i know they're they're right around the, because those, those are the two new shows of the year it was like they're really promoting both of them yeah and i really attached to one of them yes and not the other yes. yeah 
But that's why, like, now I've been catching up. Yeah, Because, like, yeah. I, I was so focused on Preacher that I kind of missed a lot of Into the Badlands, which is, you know, I love that stuff. So I really feel like I kind of should have been paying more attention. But it's it's gotten, it's, it's I think they've done, and Nick Frost is on it this season, Ooh. which is great. Watching Nick Frost just fucking pound on people, you know, it's pretty <laughs> really? awesome. That's yeah. weird. Well, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he's not, I mean, he is a bit comic relief, but he yeah. also, he's playing a real person. He's yeah. not, like, usually when you see Nick Frost, you're like, hee hee, silly. Right. But Nick Frost is now playing like a complex character that has serious moments and he he does have funny moments and you're not 100% sure you can trust him but he's getting better and it's it's uh yeah cool yeah, the first feeling i had for that was uh at world's end when i'm like oh mm. he's not just the comic relief in this right. movie yeah. he's a legit character he can yeah. really wail yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was he was great in that yeah i like nick frost yeah so do i uh, we should have him on yeah <laughs> come on down <laughs> Uh, okay, are we ready to move on to today's episode? Rogue, 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 rogue. Rogue one, not rogue two. Uh, rogue I, one, my heart. Uh, <laughs> uh. Wait, this is not called Rouge One? No, I've been reading God. it wrong the whole time. Jesus, no. Uh, no, you're just reading all like the people online who don't know how to spell rogue. Oh, that's sad. I didn't oh, know that was the thing that was thing. happening. Oh, really? that's, that's been a thing for yeah. since the internet was uh, invented. <laughs> yeah. like, I, that's your, why spell check What's is your favorite D&D character? The Rouge. <laughs> the Assassin Rouge. No. No. See, now I want to make that character. Swing and yeah. a miss. <laughs> have you guys seen that? There's like one post going around. That's all the times that people have misspelled cologne and wrote it as colon. So <laughs> yes. Like, yes. I that was love great. the way his colon smells. I love the way my boyfriend's colon smells. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, that's so funny. One of, one of my biggest spelling faux pas is the word subtle. Because it's spelled subtle. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I can't spell minute to save my life. Oh. I don't know why. This is my whole oh, life. Also, aisle, which you think it's I-L-E, but it's Azel. Yep. Yeah. I can spell yeah. all these things. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> I mean, I can spell them, but they were problems growing up. Sure. Yeah. I can't spell minute. I admit it now. <laughs> and you better believe I'm never going to learn because I've proved that over 30 years. <laughs> but uh, can you spell minute? <laughs> if I try to spell my new, I bet y'all spell minute. <laughs> um, okay, so really quick for Rogue One, I'm, I'm going to skip over the reviews because they upset me. Um, well, that's not fair. It got a 60 on Metacritic and not very great on Rotten Tomatoes either, which will forever annoy yeah, me. Yeah, hmm. when people tell me they don't like this movie and then they give me their the classic excuse is it was boring, I get so mad. Yeah, I, Did I, you watch the original trilogy? There, yeah. there are some legitimate arguments in there to why this isn't the most yeah, flawless I know this isn't film perfect. ever. But the boring one drives me up the wall. Yeah, yeah I don't get um, it. Do you even like to watch movies? Yeah, I mean, it's like they really like Transformers, like, and, uh. and like that's the thing. Like Rachel Bloom, I love her. She's one of the most inspiring yeah. people in the world. Mm-hmm. She hates this movie because it's boring, and I'm like, what? I don't get it. Like I want to talk to her, but I know she'll be more. She'll be better at talking than me. Yeah. <laughs> so she'll probably. That was the best way you could have said. That. <laughs> She would probably win the argument just because she's such a good writer and such a wonderful woman. And a good talker, And I'll be like, damn it, I want to argue with you, but you're overshadowing me in every second. Yep. Um, So really quick on the numbers, uh, it made uh, $1 billion. So I I don't... That's just not enough, guys. That's not even a real number. Yeah. And the, the funny thing is, is like, this is one of the few movies that will cross a billion that will never get a sequel. Yep. 
Yeah. That kind of brings me well, a little it's bit. Of well, because it's sequel. We already yeah. had a sequel. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. There. I love, I love the advertise, like the jokes around this, trying to tease, like spoil the next movie. Like, oh, I oh have you that. seen the, the yeah. leaks for the next movie coming out? <laughs> we talked with the director right now. It's like young George Lucas. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is funny. George Vader seems returns. to slow down a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I he's a, he, he's big, a real up and comer. <laughs> big news that George Lucas is returning to filmmaking to direct the Rogue One sequel. I love those jokes. Zing, zing, zing. I think it's time for a breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. So for special occasion of Star Wars, we didn't do this last time. We felt it very important to make Emily drink some blue milk. It's delicious. Because <laughs> <laughs> blue milk Emily's does a writer, get not a very actor. specific scene in this movie. It does. They hold on that thing. Because I like, know it's supposed to be the mom, but we all look at the blue milk. Yep. It's like, we know what's it's in this blue. frame. <laughs> it's blue. It's milk. It's the only drink what in Star Wars. <laughs> does the blue milk come from? Blue cows. But where are they? Moisture farms. They're called banthas. <laughs> yeah, I, they're, it's yeah, bantha. They're milk. not blue. When you when you milk a, a bantha, it has a blue thing that comes yeah. out, and it's yeah, mm, bantha it's, milk. It's, so this is bantha milk. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So is uh, everybody ready to go for this? Oh yeah, we're good. You don't have to keep drinking that if you don't want to. It's really just as long as we got you on camera drinking. You can. No, you're welcome to shove sexy like. Is that a challenge? <laughs> <laughs> I will finish this. Is this something in your fantasies? <laughs> like a complete silent. A hot lady drinking milk, milk, blue milk. You know what? Oh no, would, that would not be silent. <laughs> I would be over here retching. <laughs> I would. I almost kind of wish that's what it you've done. Just be white milk. Just and I'd throw be the thirty second breakdown to the wind. I'm yeah. just drinking this the whole time. <laughs> and then pour a little on your breasts. Too many Star Wars fans be way too into that. We get a whole new fan base. I suddenly like Star Wars now. <laughs> Let's get Deneen back. I've got some ideas for her Star Girls show. Who knew Blue Milk was my turn Blue on? Blue Milk, man. <laughs> wow. All right. So, Rogue One in 30 seconds. Here we go, 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 go. Uh, this badass chick named Jen Erso gets uh, a crew together, and they go to steal the Death Star plans from the Empire, and it's a war movie, so everyone dies, but they win. That's it. <laughs> That's, uh, wow, like 13 seconds left. Uh, you left out her, 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 yeah, drink her the milk, heartbreaking drink, drink. orphan. <laughs> her heartbreaking orphan story. Okay, that's good enough. <laughs> I really wanted to make you chuck the rest of that. Uh, it's not as bad as I remember milk being. <laughs> How long's it been? That's such a curious sentence. I, I drink milk all the time. You should spend the rest of the podcast unpacking that. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Let's talk about Emily's milk drinking habits. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our Rogue One episode. It's good to prevent osteoporosis. It is. <laughs> Especially the blue stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah everyone wants blue bones. Um <laughs> So for succeeding, you get to make fun of me and not just for my voice cracking there. Although you can if you want to. Um, you get one free insult to throw my way if you want to. Uh, 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 cunty. I don't know. <laughs> Yay. I'm cunty. Uh, see, but that's why I love him. Because I love cunts. Fair enough. So Rogue One, I think as we like to do at this show, let's talk about the hype. It had some. Oh <laughs> boy, did it. Um, the, the interesting thing for me was uh, this one had such like a mixed feeling going into it. A lot of people didn't think it was necessary. You want me to start? Yeah, go for yeah. it. Uh, so I know we were trying not to talk too much about Episode 7, Force Awakens on this I did, episode. before we started recording, kind of blatantly say, don't talk about Episode 7. We're here to talk about Rogue One. <laughs> but the hype for this starts with Episode 7 that's, because that's fair, yeah. it was announced before Force Awakens actually was in the theaters. So. I went to The Force Awakens being like cautiously optimistic because I had seen the prequels in the theaters and I learned my lesson. Mm. And I sat there through it and I'm like, okay, 
let's get in. Let's get some popcorn. And then it's like, oh, it's Ray, and she's awesome. And then like Poe leans down and he's given that little file to BB-8. I'm like, wait, this is just a new hope. Like <laughs> ten minutes in, I was like, this is just a new hope again. And I was right. And at the end of it, I was on my way to the bathroom and I was like, I'm gonna like Rogue One better. Hmm. And I was totally right. I, yeah. I remember you saying a long time ago on our podcast, I think yeah. the ones I'm going to like more are the standalones. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing is, like, as much as I don't want to talk about episode seven, I'm not here to bash it. It's just like this movie for me, when I was looking into it, like I knew the director, I liked everything he's done so far. I thought he was an odd choice. And as you can tell from the tra- what's in the trailers versus what's in the movie, he did everything he's been doing his whole fucking career. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I love it. He overshoots yeah. like mad. He just Whatever's in his head, I'm going to shoot it, and if it works in the final product, great. And if it doesn't, so be it. And when you give all that stuff to trailer editors, you end up with a lot of stuff that doesn't end up in the movie. And I, Which um, was I read a he benefit. actually, he told them, he's like, wait, that whole line about rebelling and that whole no. sequence, like none of that's actually going to make the movie. That scene where the, the TIE fighter comes down to shoot her at the end. Yeah. He's like, he told them, none of that's in the movie. They're like, yeah, but it's really good footage. We're yeah, gonna use it. Yeah, it's like even like the the shot of her like turning around in the hallway with yeah. the lights coming around her. They just did that because it looked cool. Well, yeah. yeah, that's interesting because I just came like where I was before this was a film distribution class. Yeah, uh, and it was for indie film, but still the pr- principal applies. And she was telling us that like the thing is like she was showing posters for her movie that like were not the movie at all. Right. Yeah, but they'll sell. She was like yeah. this it was a it was actually a faith-based movie female led about Christianity and had a side story of football. So the poster was a guy kneeling and praying on the football field. And it's like that's really not this movie, but it it showed like it sells really well in certain parts of America that yeah. image. So and then you get people watching the movie out of that. So I feel it makes sense that you would just still do that no matter how big your budget, right. you would still have a movie it's that look it's mar- yeah, yeah, you got to it doesn't matter if it's in it or not. You get people to the theater and then they decide if they like it. And yeah, that, and that, this movie really suffered, not, not suffered is the wrong word, but it had a lot of that. A lot of, uh, you don't have to keep drinking. Take <laughs> a drink. I just was like, there's a drink in front of her. Suddenly we change her life and all she wants is milk. <laughs> not just any milk. Coffee, some water. I've got water. But no, like it, it, people got upset. Like the shot of uh, uh, Jin and, um forgetting his name now, um, who is it? Come on, I got Cassian. Cassian, uh, Cassian, yeah. uh, Cassian running on the beach with holding the plans. Like, that wasn't in the movie. It's like, yeah, but so what? Like, yeah. what was in the movie was good, dude. But, well, it's, it, it's interesting. It, it, for me, it did this thing where, you know, uh, original Avengers movie uh, where mm-hmm. yes. Hulk catches Tony Stark falling down. Yeah. That's a big thing, and that's in the trailer, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, I could I could tell where I was in the movie based off of what I saw in the trailer. And sure, yeah. That's I, one I, of the big reasons I don't watch trailers. Yep. And I don't mind it as much anymore, but I do recognize, like, okay, this does spoil some of it for me. I, it lessens the impact. With this, all those scenes that weren't in there, kind of like, I wasn't looking for those scenes. Like, because it was like, I can't find this. Okay, I'm just going to enjoy the movie. And it was so much better. Yeah. It, I actually was. Like, when I realized that, that so much had been cut, like, the scene where she's meeting with Mon Mothma, and clearly in the trailer, she <clears throat> has that line about, it's a rebellion, isn't it? We rebel. I and hate when that line. <laughs> they made it through that scene without her getting that line out, I'm like, whoa, they made yeah. really they, good decisions. Yeah. yeah. I think they realized that's great for a trailer, but yeah. bad for the movie. Because actually, yep. when I started hearing that, I'm like, good God, please don't say that in the movie. Yep. Also, in context, it, it wouldn't, I don't, I mean, I think when you see it, you see, it's almost like she's being defiant, but in context of that scene, it it wouldn't have felt yeah. uh, that it would have felt forced. Have, yeah. It would have felt, felt very cheesy. like snotty kid brought into the principal's office, which that's yeah. not what that scene was. Like, and it's not her character. That's what yeah. it looked like in the trailer. Though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it worked really to this movie's benefit. I loved the way that they used scenes that captured the theme, the elements, the look, but then didn't spoil anything. Yeah, like don't get me wrong, that the shot of her walking up to the Tie Fighter is awesome, and it's a really cool, like intimidating shot, but. 
fuck it. I've still seen it. Yeah. It's still in the trailer. It's still a great shot in mm-hmm. the trailer. Just because it's not in the movie doesn't mean that media does not exist mm-hmm. and you can't enjoy it in the form of a trailer. Like, people get really tied up on this. Like, well, it wasn't in the movie. It's still in the trailer. So? Just go watch the trailer. So? Right. You enjoyed it so much there. It's still there. We all love the movie <laughs> Twister, but the scene of that big tire smashing into the camera it does not happen in the movie at any point. It was only in the trailer. Yeah, or... Uh, no, I never want to make that reference. I was going to say, or in Predators with Adrian Brody, but I don't think anyone likes that movie. So I, I think we got it. <laughs> yeah, I like we, Adrian we Brody's it. chest yeah. in that movie. Um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of the thing with the hype of this movie, is that people were really excited for another Star Wars film, yeah. and it was a big, not bait and switch, that feels like the wrong way to put it, but it's a big kind of twist on like, oh shit, all that stuff I was expecting isn't here. But I think that works to the movie's yeah. benefit. Especially when you're talking about a prequel. Yeah, you know, yeah. like we're, yeah. you're not expecting to be surprised by much. Yeah, and I, I, it was almost kind of a smart move because we're already going into this expecting. Okay, obviously Star Wars is after this one. A New Hope is after this. Yeah, one. yeah. obviously yeah. this is going to happen. And obviously, like you're, we start to telegraph this thing <laughs> yeah. in our mind. And, and I didn't know how close it was going to buddy up to yeah, A New yeah. Hope. Like that, that kind of caught me off guard. I didn't know it was going to go right up to the line. Yeah. I thought there's going to be a little bit more wiggle room in there. But don't get me wrong, I still enjoyed that. Yeah. But yeah, you do kind of have that idea of like I know everything's going to happen in this movie. You can kind of guess everyone's going to die. Like it right. just kind of felt like that from the trailers and like you might save one or two of them, but it felt for the most part. You have characters die. that are such alpha personalities that they would invade the other movies with their roles <laughs> if they still lived. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Like, it's like you can't I, live past this I movie. Got, I didn't, I didn't even think about like I didn't, it didn't occur to me that everyone would die. I just was like, I didn't even think about that until K9 died. K, wait, not yeah. K9. K- no, K9 is not too. Yeah. K9 Sorry. <laughs> Keep that would have been awesome. Hello, master. <laughs> K2SO was replaced by K9. I'm into this movie. <laughs> but like, uh, but like when he died, I went, oh. They're all gonna yeah. die. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where this is headed. Yeah. That's one, one thing that I loved so much about this movie, uh, about it being a prequel, <clears throat> is that it's not slave to fan service in the same way like mm. episode seven was. It's not slave to it, but it has a fuckload of it. I, but yeah. That's what I'm going to talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because one thing that bothered me about episode seven is that it felt so like slave to, all right, we got to use all the same things that everyone loved from the originals, we guys. We got to make we you love u- Star Wars yeah, again. We got to remake episode or um, A New Hope. We got to use the same cast. We got to follow the same structure. We need to ma- really capture like the sameness of the previous movies. And in this one, they didn't do that. They didn't. They had s- some characters from the previous films, but they weren't the main characters. Mm-hmm. And they were more so like, all right, the fan service is really going to be in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. We are yeah. going to capture the tone and the look of Star Wars. And I really felt like, I even, I get fluttery chest things just thinking about it because I, there's so many moments in this movie that I'm like, you understand. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my God, well, you're not just uh, making it to make money. Like, you really understood Star Wars. Like, yeah. I didn't get that in episode seven. And one of the, one of the first things they do, and it's it was a controversial decision, no opening crawl. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I, was, I think I that thought was, that was the right a, choice. Yeah. I think it was the right choice, but I think it also telegraphed to us something very special about this I would have liked an opening crawl then. They actually didn't let them. Gareth wanted one, I think, and they said no, because it's a it's not part of the series. It's a Star Wars story. Yeah. Oh. But think about what I, that tells eh. you. It, I still it, think it was the right call. I, I do I, too. I get it. I understand why you'd want it, but... And that powerful opening yeah. sting is amazing. Well, but so the fa- wants yeah. to fucking start reading right off the no, bat? No, That was so dated. I like it. I wish they didn't have it in Force Awakens either. But to think that you can get that reaction still out of Chewie without the iconic first thing you see in that movie is yeah. you just don't get any of that and they still capture it better than episode seven oh. with the crawl. I think yeah. like, like I, I find that fascinating, a fascinating look at what we expect as fans and just one of the, the yeah. relationship. Very specific moments that I started crying wasn't even an emotional moment. 
it was just it was a uh, kind of near the end where the guy at the comm who just set, in, intercepts the imperial thing about there being an attack on scarif and just him with the headset and the glow from his monitor and everything it was so star wars in that moment with <laughs> the darkness the color scheme everything and how even they they acted like i started crying in that moment because i was just like so like i feel like i'm there again i feel like i'm right in that world again and she's gonna cry throughout this whole i'm sorry (laughs) i just had so much joy i don't know if it was the expectations of episode seven but episode seven i okay don't get me wrong i do enjoy that movie but it's I, a great movie. I want to like be like clear. <laughs> There's at least one person at this table who loves that fucking movie. I really I enjoy love it episode too. seven. I just don't love it as much. But in the realm of why I love Star Wars, it didn't capture that for me. I didn't cry in episode seven. Hmm. I got a death of Han Solo I didn't cry at. And I will always be mad at the movie because of that. And I cried in this movie. I think I have something that kind of sums this all up. Because the, the movie's definitely set out to do entirely different things i think for sure for force sure. awakens was made for star wars fans rogue one was uh-huh. made by star wars fans okay uh, yeah i could see that like yeah. that yeah that's i mean because gareth edwards is clearly a lover of star wars like to well, his core so is jj well I mean, yeah i mean he snuck r2d2 into star trek i mean he's <laughs> clearly a star wars yeah. fan like but i feel like there's a divide in a weird sense that there's people that really love the star wars movies yeah. Which I definitely get from JJ. I, and yeah, he's I might very have it good at that. Actually. Well, no, but here, then I to me like there's the movies and there's the essence yeah. and the, these well, two movies capture in different well, ways it's hard to me. Because Rogue One I think captures more of the essence of the movies like with That's the whole what I'm talking yeah. about. using a footage and stuff. But my my major thing was like it, I I don't mean this is knock in 7. I really don't want to keep talking about this. But the the, the People difference People get was, mad at us for how much. I know. Like <laughs> the, this is a year anniversary of the la- the yeah. first time I got hate mail of like what the fuck? And it's like we said we okay. liked it. Yeah, but also yeah. like what okay. What the fuck to hate mail because you don't like something someone I else likes? Oh, well, that's internet. that's one of the problems with Star Wars fandom, where if you don't yeah. love everything but that comes okay. out, calm, you're not a real Star Wars fan. Calm down, people. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many times we're like, no, we like this movie. It's just these are the problems we had. Yeah. That was too much for him. But yeah. like the, the thing was is that I feel like as good of a filmmaker as Abrams is and as good as a storyteller as he is, there was a, a certain task he had to do, which yeah. was make Star Wars cool again. Mm-hmm. And that handcuffed him so much to telling a story we already knew and doing things we've already seen and just celebrating the fandom, which was great and it's fun. Whereas Gareth Edwards did not have that. He had, it he had felt more like, freedom. It really. felt like almost just go make the story you want to make. And because of that, uh, he's able to make a movie that people who've been who never drifted from Star Wars, who kept reading the books and played the video mm-hmm. games and watched everything, could watch this and go, "This is what I wanted." Whereas right. the people who had taken that big break saw Episode Seven and went. Oh, this is why Star Wars was cool. You're right. This is fucking great. Yeah, I don't know. They who, both do great things, but they just do different things. I don't know who told them that Force Awakens has to follow beats and and scenes and and uh, frames from A New Hope. But it is a bad. Well, I this, mean, this it is was where it gets in, into like playing very, on a nostalgia, yeah. really. Okay, a very complicated yeah. relationship uh, that fandom has yeah. with the the material. We start to own it. Yeah, yeah. And at a certain point, there's like the schism where it's like we want these things. We want to feel how we felt, but we're never going to feel how we felt when we saw you know, A of New course. Hope. But then, yeah. then we almost get insulted by giving it, having it regurgitated back to us. Yeah. So there's like this weird cycle. Like we want this same thing. So then the fact that he just kind of tried ideas for Rogue One and like let's just do this and this, we actually got those moments we wanted in ways we didn't expect, and that almost works better. Yeah. It's a very so, tight rope to walk. I don't envy and, it at all. And but like the the deep love that this guy has for Star Wars, like it, it, he made me feel like 
casual. Yeah. Like, like the, <laughs> yeah. the I, things he was able to like the he just pulled out concept art that they designed oh way back gosh. in the day for New Hope and made it real. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. made them actual characters. Like he did such cool fucking things and like. Those oh are like God. the nods, the fan service. Oh That's God. the fan yeah. service we want. That's what, yeah. the moment that um, the yellow face character came on screen. I'm like, I know that painting. Yeah, yeah. It's like I know. Whoa, oh. Oh, they didn't use you. Now they are. Yeah. <laughs> and even the guy that uh, the large, hairy white guy. Yeah. I don't know what his name was. He was also a concept art that yeah. they never used. And I was just like, huh. Oh, it's so great to see you alive. <laughs> yeah, like there's so many things that you just never thought you'd see in a film yeah. that they just snuck into this movie and they didn't call attention to it really. They didn't really overshow it. Like it was just so smartly played where like if you'd spent your whole life loving these things, you go, "Oh my god, like yeah. this is just so cool." Yeah. And and just And to, to make a good movie around that mm-hmm. right, is even more impressive. Where they never felt shoehorned, like they felt organic and part of the there, environment. The one that was shoehorned was the two people from the bar. Oh yes, the, that was yeah, like yeah. the two yeah. characters from I, the bar. Yeah. I spent uh, yeah because that t- actually took me out of the movie for a minute because the yeah, whole time I was just like, well, then the you know every that town blows up. So what do they just hop on a ship? Yeah, and yeah they they the, the, I think like, they were on their way to the yeah. ship. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like if one was like, come on, we're running late for our <laughs> ship to Mos Eisley. Like only way would have made sense. You escape that to get armored by Obi Wan. Like yeah, they had a bad few days. They had a bad few days. That's why they were so cranky. Yeah. I think it's a, maybe a week. I don't know. I don't know how much time actually went between. Yeah, I think I don't know. it was a very it's a long time. Good thing that they did to frame this around it being a war movie. Yeah, and by doing that, like they kind of made it about something. It was it was also nice to have the Empire be a threat. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, what something that you know maybe you feel with the newer movie that we won't talk about anymore. But like it felt like the Empire, like they were like always kind of roughly at the same step as the rebels they were all kind of playing this but, cat and mouse game and but i was here's scared the, for them even the though one thing i'll say that jumps on that is that this was the first time i ever felt the rebels were rebels mm. yeah like they felt like they'd do some shitty things yeah, yeah. Oh, they did and they were actually struggling to modern day rebels like the, yeah. when they were blowing up uh the, the like the the tanks and stuff in the town i'm like holy shit that looks like what i envision a Those modern are the day extremists, rebel to be. Yeah, yeah but like the that's the, what i'm saying they pulled from modern society the same way that george lucas did to make a, a war movie, not a sci-fi epic space opera. It's a war movie that happens to be set in space. Yeah. Yeah. This movie did that again. And like the thing, like the moment for me, it's like the introduction of Diego Luna's character is yeah. such a great yeah. like tone setter for oh, what yeah. the rebel oh, yeah. what, for what the rebels are. He kills a guy. I mean, he, he does what's the, necessary to continue. Yeah. Exactly, the fight. and it's a shitty thing. He kills yeah. a guy who was did not deserve it, but it would keep him alive and it made sure that yeah. guy couldn't spoil anything that's right and that guy and was like, at that point was just a detriment he was shell-shocked and he yeah. was he was not going to help anyone he was going to hurt the rebellion at that point yeah. but it's since like, we've spent the entire like six movies with like the hero seven movies mm-hmm. with the yeah. heroes we don't see the <sighs> shitty side of the rebellion and we got to see that in this movie you can't and, have the the hero and the hero's journey you can't have right. him be shitty like, yeah you exactly. really cannot yeah because it spoils that arc that that trope yeah. Well, then he, but he's not the hero, which is right. significant. Like yeah. they, he he ends up learning from the hero of the story. Well, they're all kind of, person. except for K two, they're all anti heroes in my mind. Yeah. Well, uh, none of the, the the two um, the two Jedi priests, right? Yeah, they're, they're not. Well, uh, guardians, guardians, sorry, yes. so. Uh, yeah, they're the non anti. But the two main uh, with Jin and Cassian. Cassian, sorry, I always want to call him something else. Uh, they're not really setting out to be heroes. Yeah. That's never really their main goal at the beginning. Like, well, he's trying to be a useful tool in the rebellion, but yes. he's doing the dirty work. He's not really trying to be a hero. That's more Mon Mothma's character. Uh, and she d- is just a tool at the beginning. Like, they just need her to accomplish this goal. She's right. a tool of the rebellion. 
and then she ends up deciding to get these plans again not really so much because she wants to be the hero of the rebellion but because her dad told her to yeah and so to me that's great because they're both kind of reluctant they both have different motives but they end up being heroes because of it yeah it's a it's a really kind of fun arc let's let's talk a little bit about Jin because I, I i i feel like there's so much to say about her character and it was a very it was unexpected for me. Like when I when I saw the character and I saw like the trailers and that sort of stuff, I didn't expect her to have as many flaws as she did. Because she is a flawed character all the way up to the end of the movie. She is a flawed character. Her her reasons for being places usually in by and large selfish. Mm-hmm. She wants to go to places to save her dad. She wants to do what she wants to do. She doesn't really care about anybody else. But she does such a great job still overcoming her wants for the greater good. I think yeah. that's a really kind of cool arc that she has. She even has that beautiful line of, it's not a problem if you never look up, yeah. about the the Empire. And she essentially learns that her perspective at that moment is wrong, that she needs to fight. Yeah. Um, and it's and, so appropriate for what's going on politically in our own yeah, environment. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the people who just close their close their eyes and ears and just be like, it's fine, it's no, fine, it it's doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to live my life, which yeah. I know right now I'm definitely guilty of. Um, A lot of people are. It's a shitty time. (laughs) I had a beautiful bathroom thinking moment after when we started talking about whether or not what we think of Ray. And then I went to the bathroom and I actually had a little bit of a moment that brought me back to Ray that made me like her a little bit more when I was thinking about it. When I was comparing her to Jin because they're both orphans. They were both abandoned at relatively the same age by their family, but in different circumstances. Ray was left on a planet by herself uh, and Jin actually saw one of her parents die and had to run away herself to preserve her own life and get picked up by someone that she'd probably never met before, I don't think. I think she'd met him before. I don't know. Because I, I don't think she would have been able to go with... <clears throat> Forrest Whitaker's a freaky-looking dude. Yeah, I, I don't think she would have gone with him if he had not yeah. known Even her. so, like with the character flaws, they have very different character flaws in the orphan cliche. Um, cliche is not the best word. What, what a great like two-sided coin that you yeah. get out of these two movies. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Continue. Because uh, <laughs> you have Ray, who's the orphan who waits. She's like, my parents are going to come back. They love me. They're going to come back and get me. And then you have Jin, who's the, who's the orphan of, fuck it. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm really angry about everything that happened to me when I was younger. And I'm just going to just move forward and just kind of hate everyone because of it. And it's very different responses. Yeah. Well, Ray stays very optimistic of like, it's going to be okay. They're going to come back. They love me. And Ray's just like, no, like, Jin, yeah. or Jin, sorry. Jin's the opposite. Like, I don't know if they'd be friends. Hmm. Like, they have very different approaches to it. Yeah. Where Jin I don't wants think they to, would be. Yeah, Jin wants to run away while <clears throat> Ray wants to run back. And it's very, actually, it makes me like Ray more because a lot of times I was like, her, she's very empty of character flaws. And I know that mentally, the, Ray's character flaws is that she's stuck in that. Well, she's got a mental blush. She's convinced that yeah. she can't be more and, than she is and she... Yeah, even though she definitely just she definitely runs through everything. Well, I think I think not again drifting into episode seven, but I think like my favorite Ray moment is when she's like pulls the compressor thing or pulls the thing out and hands it it holds it up and she goes, "I bypassed the compressor." She's so excited. She's just like, yeah, like you said, she's just so optimistic. She's very optimistic. Whereas Jen is like, they save her from from prison, and she's like, "Fuck you." Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's probably one of the reasons why I like Jin more because Mm. I mean I. 
I can be a very optimistic person, but I'm also very cynical. Mm. And I'm definitely the person that would be like, all right, well, this is the way life is now. I'm going to move on. I've never been the, all right, I'm just going to get stay here and it's going to get better. I've never been that person. I've just always been the move along person. So I identify with Jin more. Speaking of moving along, uh, we've been talking for 45 minutes and I feel like we've barely scratched the surface of this movie. We need to dive into some of the the larger things at play here, like the filmmaking of this thing, the story like the of this Betamax thing. Tapes. Betamax tapes. <laughs> Betamax tapes. Uh, we haven't really talked about any of the other supporting even, cast. Even the yeah. yeah, just like the inner office politics of the Empire. Yeah. That was fascinating. I was oh. really so interested in that. Just the, the sniping. That I, oh. This is now my victory, not yours. Just yeah. how petty Critic it was. was so you've, good. You've never seen such a petty side in the yeah. you know in the hero's journey of these other movies but like yeah. these guys are petty petty assholes yeah. well it's very bureaucratic krennic, is, krennic uh i've seen the movie now four times krennic went from being the kind of meh whatever bad guy to maybe my favorite character in the movie and i don't mean that like as the favorite hero but he is such a fucked character yeah. from the get-go oh and, man he's and, having like, a very bad week uh, he's having a very bad life like the yeah. second he kills mads mickelson's wife it's like oh you just destroyed the death star and it's yeah. like it's such a little thing of just like oh you're uh-huh. getting in my way I'm just gonna get her out of the way but by that one action he <laughs> fucked the entire empire yeah. and it's downplayed so well in the movie but it's like you look at it, it's like if he hadn't have done that and just went to find a different scientist the empire might still be winning that's true right yeah. that's funny yeah and yeah. it's like he fucks everything everything he mm-hmm. fucks up and well, I because he's blinded by his ambition yeah <laughs> and I well, love that he chokes on his ambition <laughs> chokes too. on his ambition I even think it's I love the way it's reflected in his costume designer for this is great his, yeah, his, yeah. His, his i love cloak, his cape his cape is amazing did you watch the way it flows it's oh, very yeah. thin but it's so it's so like look how important and great i am. like he's yeah. so, so extra his own shit he kind of yeah. wants to be darth vader yeah. like i really think he does but well, he's he not a tarkin, sith lord he wants to be tarkin yeah. Oh. yeah he definitely wants to be tarkin he's annoyed that tarkin is still a person yeah, yeah. if he, he if he just survived a few more months he'd be yeah. <laughs> he would have been promoted and i love the cruel joke of it that no matter what tarkin is always just that i, I win yeah like he mm-hmm. just with a snap of his fingers he out ousts him he's like, the yeah. mean it's, boss that takes the credit for all of his underlings and he's so good at it he's so, so good at yeah. It. yeah oh i love it. the character tarkin i mean I, I don't really want to spend too much time talking about the cgi characters there's been many many shows you can listen to online that talk about it whether or not I like getting more of a look at Tarkin. Because you get yeah. such a small snapshot of him in uh, A New Hope and yeah. then he dies. So getting a whole movie with seeing like him be a character again, like that was really exciting and, and be fun. And be a threat. Yeah, like, you can it's see not, why it's he's not, so... It's not Boba Fett getting just accidentally knocked into the Sarlacc pit. Oh. It's more like this guy is a... He's scary. Yeah. He is a scary mofo. He's yeah. very calculating. Yeah, like, and I, they did such a good job with it. Of just like the, the second he's like, I will tell the Emperor about... My success. Oh, and Krennic's so just like, That he had what mentioned years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. It's so good. And the, uh, I'm looking at it right now. And he um, does it in front of the entire uh, yeah. group. All of the other yep. uh, gen- generals or whatnot, the Empire people, just to, like, to get that public shaming. Oh, yeah. And it's uh, Ben Mendelsohn is the one who played uh, Orson Krennic. And yeah. he, for me, like every time I've rewatched it, I've liked him more. Like He mm. does such a great job with this character of the guy who just can't get ahead. And is clearly his own worst enemy. Like every problem he has, mm. he caused. Yeah. Yep. And oh, like that's man. such a great character, and they nailed it. And I just love the moment when he finally is confronting Jin, and he's he just yells out, "Who are you?" <laughs> like he's just all of his annoyances that have been happening this whole time of people getting in his way are just directed right at her. And but it's like, such why another. Do you keep it's doing such this? another great thing of if you didn't kill her dad. Yeah. 
She wouldn't be here right yeah. now. And I love like, you. Keep fucking. She would have just run off with her dad. <laughs> I love the punctuation that this movie gives to his death, and that it is so far away from him. The camera is zoomed out, and yeah. such an insignificant laser blast to the tower, and he's just yeah. gone. And he gets to look at the Death Star right yeah. where it hits. Oh, him. and it's just looking right at him. Like it's such yeah. a great yeah, shot. His legacy is someone else will take credit for this, and yeah. he's not even going to live to see. And you don't even yeah. matter. Yeah. And we. And in his final final moments, we'll be like hundreds of feet away from him. It, it's so great. Yeah. Like we pull. Oh, which is one of the cool things about this movie is that like I kept as soon as I saw it, I walked out and I just thought, heroes don't come home. You know, like that's the yeah. for my, yeah. my big thought was like all these are people that no one has ever heard of because they all did their jobs, and even he gets that treatment. Yep. Like yep. no one's ever heard of him. That's great. This is this whole event, and that's kind of a cool way to play on the fact that the obviously the sequels don't have any mention of them because why would they? They're all just people who went off and did this thing that they had to do, and then but. I just like that. That's interesting that's, that even he gets the same treatment. And, yeah. and now kinda, we'll all cry at the opening of New Hope now. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but that uh, gets into one of our most famous quotes from our childhoods: uh, "Heroes may get remembered, but legends never die." Yeah, mm. yeah. And it's just so great because they they do become legends more than they do become heroes because they are referenced to be like our whatever got these plans, our spies got these plans, yeah. or whatnot. Never by name, but they're always mentioned. And there's no Rogue One, F, which is yeah. one of the cool yeah. things about choosing that is we never hear any call sign used as Rogue One mm-hmm. as a tribute, probably to them. It's, yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, let's talk a little bit about more of the, the side characters and I want to talk a little about the actual filmmaking because I looked up some of the ways they made this and it's mind blowing and yeah. we also should um, well, we'll get to it later but shouldn't forget the horror film that they put at the end of this movie We'll put that well, <laughs> I was yeah. actually going to skip over that because yeah. who hasn't? Yeah, yeah, Darth Vader fucks shit up and it's, it's really so cool. good. Ugh. It feels like an odd button in this movie, but it's still so cool. I'm kind of okay it with was it. It was yeah. another big moment of tiny like chest orgasm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> what a weird picture. But I just like got. My, <laughs> Me my too. <laughs> I just imagine nipples shooting things out. <laughs> 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 would, would you say blue milk? Just everyone everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> Are you but glad you drank that? <laughs> I know that Ryan's favorite uh, side character is K2. At least that's what I've gotten from you I can't, so far. I, don't, I, I can't, can't pick tell a favorite. No, I, I but I, I really either. like uh, Donnie Yen's character. Fuck yeah. I can, I'm going to bitch. Churu Imwe? Churu Imwe, yeah. Uh, just, he's like the positive one in this whole movie. He's the most yeah. like positive character. He truly just believes in fate, like the power of the force. The force will guide us the whole time. He his unwavering faith into like his destiny mm-hmm. is beautiful, and he l- dies in that moment of like the force had its will. I'm okay to die now. Yeah. It's the force as well, and his beautiful line of, "I am one with the force, and the force is with me." <laughs> and I got, it, has I got the a tattoo. tattooed on my arm. <laughs> it's a great quote. It is like it. It's right up there with "May the force be with you." It's so beautiful and. Yeah. Donnie Yen just fucking sells it. Yeah. Donnie Yen well, sells it. What? That's what I. I was so excited to see Donnie Yen in this movie that I was surprised he is massive in China. Mm-hmm. Like he is. If he's not, the IP man. Yeah. He's exactly. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. It, he's if not the biggest star in China, definitely one of the biggest stars in China. But he's really nothing to American audiences, and that was yeah. sort of amazing. Is realizing here's this massive talent that that like people didn't even know about so now maybe we'll start seeing him in more american uh films i don't know but uh he was just so good in this he's he's so humorous yeah uh, he's just a great actor like all the way around and Mm -hmm. it's 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 nice it's one of those moments we can tell that gareth edwards is just a fan of cinema because you know like he knows him and went i want that guy yeah and he made the right call he was so right for this part yeah and uh in his uh his right hand man of uh when i can't pronounce his last name when jang i think it is g-i-a-n-g or j-i-a-n-g uh who played bays mm-hmm. their their friendship i love 
Like, it is such a great, like, they're the last two of their kind, and, like, he's given up on the Force, and he has it. And, like, you can, I'd watch an entire movie about the two of I them. Where he's like, oh, the yeah. Force saved me. Motherfucker, I saved you. Yeah. <laughs> and the, cool and the, is the internet latched onto that, where they made a lot of porn out of them. Oh, God, of course. <laughs> of course. What I love about them is they are supposed to be cut from the same cloth. They were both yeah. Guardians of the Wills. They were both this monk forced user type person and Bayes just totally left the way and yeah. picked yeah. up giant he guns. He became cynical. And they, but they stayed yeah. friends because they complete each other in, yeah. that, in that viewpoint. It's great. My, Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying it makes sense because Donnie Yen's character, again, I, can't, I keep forgetting his name. Sure, but, okay, but he, you know, he gets to stay optimistic because he has somebody yeah. with a little more pessimism the watching his back. Right. So it, yeah. I feel like if Jin and Ray were going to be friends, that's how it would work. That's like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jin's like, Jin would get so annoyed. <laughs> Stop being so happy. Everything is bad. But yeah, they, they really do. Like they play off each other so well that it's, it's one of the things where like, I've heard the major complaint that I'll, I'll bring up now that a lot of people had a friend of the show, Elvis um, Kunish, who does a uh, Tom Hanks giving podcast. His major complaint was he never felt he got to know the characters very well. I disagree. I but disagree too. The one thing that I, I will agree with is I I feel like they got to know each other better than we as an audience get to know them. And after repeated yeah. watches, I kind of like it doesn't bother me anymore because I get to know them after all these viewings. But on my first watch, there's the moment when Bayes says goodbye to Jen, and I'm like, he says like goodbye, little sister. It's like you guys have had like three lines apart. I even count track this time; it's five lines together, and it's never like an emotional beat. It's more like where's the glue stick and it's like oh it's over like it's they don't have at least on screen much of a relationship together but they have one of the more emotional goodbyes and i, I don't know if that's just stuff that was left on the kind of room floor or if it's just stuff we're supposed to be implied of like yeah it takes a while to get from a to b i'm sure they had conversations we just didn't see yeah which is fine but it, it's those are the moments where i kind of agree with people it's like the cast is so large that you don't get to have as much screen time with all of them we didn't get the same downtime that we got with Han and Luke yeah. and and Kenobi and stuff just but, hanging out on the Millennium Falcon. We didn't really get that with these characters. What's weird is we you I think we are used to a different kind of filmmaking now where it's a little bit longer of a movie or part of a series and we get to know these characters more. If you actually think back to the original Star Wars trilogy, it's a lot less connected than you think. Like Oh yeah. You may oh, not, yeah, for sure. you probably don't think about the fact that I don't think Carrie Fisher or Harrison Ford had a single line of dialogue with Alec Guinness. Well, that's one nope. thing when uh, I got well, really Harrison mad. Ford does, but okay, yeah. That's one thing where I got really annoyed in Awakens when they named their son after named their son Ben. Because right. I'm like, Carrie Fisher never even met him. Right. Like right. they, he died right when she was getting to the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Unless so. that's he just, basically died to save her. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can make the argument they did that for her brother, but you know, whatever. Right. Uh, <laughs> it, it's like because Luke's never gonna have kids, we might as well do it. Yeah. Uh, but like that was the thing is like as much as I love these characters and I really do like the every time I've watched it, I've liked the movie more and I really attach to these characters. I can, I'll concede a little bit on the first watch. You don't get to know them as well no. as I wish you could. And that's because they are busy in a war and telling a war story. And there's that that brotherhood thing that you get in war where like you might not talk to these people as much, but you're willing to die for them. So it's still kind of there. It's so, the romance factor of like yeah. people like it's like a scientifically proven thing that people will fall in love faster in stressful situations. Yeah, and like that's I think that's there. It's just not as much on the screen. It's more yeah. implied, and you kind of have to pick up with it. And I, that's fine. I can make that leap, but I can see why if you're not super into Star Wars or you're not expecting that, it, it doesn't come across as well. And that's really my biggest <sighs> complaint with the movie is like I feel like they're just not quite there. They are with other characters, and some of them work great, 
but there's just like one or two relationships that just never fully connected. Which you know, like what you kept talking about and how he overshoots. Uh, yeah, yeah. You put this into a three-hour movie with the rest of the stuff he might have cut out and be like, I'll be there, yeah. I'll watch it. I mean, Monsters, his first take was famously, I think it was like 20 hours long when he first cut the thing together. And this guy, he's insane. And, and in the best way possible. I mean that as a compliment. Like he is the best thing that I, he does everything I want to see in a movie but yeah. he, he does it with it's the same way he captured Godzilla in a way that I loved yeah and other people went it was boring it took forever for him to get to Godzilla well, as I'm a, like as an no editor, <laughs> as an editor you want Gareth the Gareth Edwards yeah. of filmmaking like where yeah. you get too much stuff you have an embarrassment of Richmond yeah and it's it's funny because we, we talked about uh two weeks ago now with uh Dennis Villeneuve of uh Sicario and Arrival yeah. he shoots everything super tight you right. don't get a lot so it's mm-hmm. like it's just a, such a different way of going at it and I don't mm-hmm. think either one's wrong it's just what the project it's needs a, it's made different artistry yeah, yeah. and uh, the, the thing I'll mention really quickly or not really quickly so talking in the filmmaking <laughs> of what well, Gareth Edwards with this movie uh, famously they said that all three of the uh, the new episodes are going to be shot on film which is great I think that's awesome but as with anything it's how you use it that you get the product and this movie was shot digitally it was shot on the Ari it was much like that's what they shoot the Marvel movies on now like it's the standard like Disney digital camera Mm -hmm. however Gareth was not okay with that he knew he wanted to shoot digital but he wanted to have a special look so he used the same the exact same lenses they shot Hateful Eight on (laughs) Which nice. the ones that uh, Quentin Tarantino went and dug up, like they old timey film, uh, wow. old timey seventy millimeter lenses. They they nice. weren't because of the camera. They weren't able to get the full image that they were trying to shoot. But it still it created a look that is in no other film out there. Yeah, mm. yeah. And I think that's amazing. And then for like the uh, for like the star, like the battles, like the space battles. They're fam- If you don't know how they're done nowadays, usually the way it is that you talk to animators. The director and the writers will sit down, talk to animators, and give them an idea of how they want it to go. Very long, boring conversation where they're like, all right, so I want this to happen, this to swoop over here. And then the animators go. They do a rough version of it. They bring it back. Like, this is what we're thinking. And then you're like, okay. And then you kind of slowly start working it out. Gareth Edwards says, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and they came up with a hologram room. I shit you not. You can look it up online where he could walk around with a fake camera and film what he wanted to do and then give that to the editors and the animators to go do. Like, it's amazing. Like, so hands-on. It's so hands-on. It's so impressive. And it just, it, there's more, like, the more you kind of peel away the layers of this movie, the more I love it. Like, and it's, that really, like, the essence of why I like so many scenes in this is just the use of light, which I'm sure yeah. has a lot to do with those uh, lenses. There are so many moments of just, like, the gaffer in this to me, I would mm. give such a tight hug to. <laughs> <laughs> the way that, like, in the episode, in the part when she's watching the hologram of her father, and the camera's moving kind of in a circle around her, and you're getting to see the emotions on her face, and also the blue reflection on her face, mm. and the reflection of the light changes as they're moving around her, and and then just like times where they disturb air and then you can see the particles moving around them. You can see like the hints of lens flare without actual like hard lens flare that almost like the atmosphere in this film is its own character. They capture air movement Mm -hmm. and light movement and the glow. Even this part when they're all debating about the future of the rebellion and and there's so many of these guys that are saying the rebellion is over, blah, blah, blah. We don't want to fight. And right in there, everyone in the center is very bright. Mm. And then as you move behind them, there's like, it's an entire gigantic room of people, but they keep getting darker, darker, and darker until you just kind of see the glimmer of clothing. And I loved that. It's so, 
it's so atmospheric, it's so brooding, and it's so specific. They're all choices that is, it wrapped me in a blanket of happiness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did anybody else have anything filmmaking-wise that blew their socks off, so to speak? And this is something a little bit random, uh, but I, I wanted to touch on it before we uh, close this out. I love the way that this movie didn't bring attention to its diverse casting oh but yeah, it did yeah. Such yeah, yeah, yeah. A there's great a, job. She, of the main cast she's the only white person and she's a woman yeah and so we have the, the a big uh, muslim character on screen we have uh, a, a man with a spanish accent on screen i love that a, he kept his accent yeah too. there was a that famous story about that uh kid who took his dad to see it and his dad was like wait you mean someone um, he's talks the main like character and he talks yeah. like me <laughs> yeah uh, representation matters yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And how many female pilots there, there were, were during oh yeah, the fighting they, they sequence? There, there weren't that. a lot, but see, I thought that was very clever. There was way the more than thing. any other. No, no, one. no. What I'm getting at is, I think it was very clever because in in A New Hope, there's like no women. There's none. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, Zero. so in order to make it, com- in in order to keep it realistic, they they just did a few, and none of the ground troops are women, but there's a couple of pilots. Right. So it's like, and there were pilots later on. I think in in M- was there pilots in, in Jedi, Empire? there's female Jedi, pilots. Jedi, yeah. Um, so, like, I counted, I think as I was watching the movie, there were eight female characters with lines. It's not a lot, but it makes sense given, because I, I was watching and I was like, oh, great, there's no fucking women <laughs> in this military. And then a pilot showed up and I went, ah, yay, a female pilot. <laughs> and I liked the female pilot that brings in the land reinforcements. Mm. Uh, she gets at least two lines, yeah. which is more than the other ones got. They all got one-offs. Yeah. But she gets to like bring in the reinforcements and no. she has a very optimistic like war voice the whole time and then you get but, to see but her die. The but the Empire was still really white male. Of well, course. That's, you know? that's yeah. classic. And that's fine. That's classic <laughs> Empire though. Yeah, Just like, that's what I mean. They were very uh, xenophobic in right. the Empire <laughs> and misogynist, yeah. which also brought it to get into my expanded universe i'm never gonna say legacy blah um <laughs> you just my expand yeah i just like to stab it a little it must have tasted horrible uh, to say it, that like admiral dalla i really loved in the books and she was like she was in the books she was tarkin's equal because hmm. she was a woman who had to get up through the ranks of the empire and she ended up being tarkin's lover but she used that to her benefit and she used it to she became the leader of the empire when they had to go into hiding after jedi and she has this beautiful arc in the books that we're never going to get in the movies because they don't want to use the books Mm. uh but she was beautiful and she was the only big like general that Mm. was they had in the empire that was a woman and I don't know if they're ever going to try to bring something like that into any of the movies. We'll yeah. see. But aren't you stoked that uh, they're slowly like bringing the books back via throwaway kind lines? Kind of and a concepts? little bit. They give us hints. They had Admiral Thrawn in yeah. Rebels, which I haven't watched yet. Well, they're they're officially bringing him back. There's a huge new novel and basically a rethrusting of Thrawn into the Star Wars. Yeah, I, uh, I need to read those because I need to know if they kept the essence of his character. Because one of the things I loved yeah. about him is that he learned how to defeat his enemies by their artwork. But I would yeah. speaking of like yeah. sl- you were you were mentioning that that general slept with him, but I, Admiral that's, or, Ad, yeah, um, she used him. In the yeah, first yeah. Film. But the, well, that's one of the things that I actually really liked about this film is that there was no romance. I mean, no. I, yeah. And I saw somebody post uh, that they didn't like Rogue One because well, you were saying that you didn't necessarily love the relationship there between Diego Luna and, and uh, or or uh, Cassian, Cassian and Jen. Or is that what you were? No, no, no. I, I didn't like Bays and Jen. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. No. Um, but I saw somebody say that that like they didn't they didn't like think that they had chemistry and it's like well they weren't supposed they weren't supposed to, to fall in love they, they were supposed to 
Yeah, that was a comrades in arms thing, not a I love you thing. Just because a man and woman are in proximity to each other does not mean they're going to make out. They help each other's (laughs) character arc. She she brings him back from the darkness. Yeah. And he makes her get a goal in life, kind of. Yeah. Because she she didn't have a goal in life before this movie. And yeah, it's the same reason why I loved it at the end of uh, Pacific Rim, where they're just equals. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's okay for women and men to be friends. Yeah. Blasphemy. <laughs> men podcast. It doesn't have to be sexual, guys. Yeah. We don't need low-cut t-shirts and everything. That's very true. What so, am I supposed to do with all my low-cut t-shirts, then? Do you have some? <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> She's very, like, interested I mean, in this. I've tried to get you to show off your chest hair, yeah. and you've always said no. High necks are the best necks. Uh, as far as so, anyone knows, you you look just like the picture on Facebook. Yep. Brian's got Jeffrey. a beautiful yeah. landscape on his chest that he doesn't show anybody but me. Nope. It's like Starry Night, but in chest hair. Uh, <laughs> so we haven't really talked about uh, one of the most contested uh, parts of this movie, Forrest Please. Whitaker. Mm. That's I, I didn't know what to say about him. I, I don't, he's not my favorite part I of the movie. I liked him better than a lot of people did in this. I, and I know that he has way more acting chops than he brought to this, but I thought he brought enough of a Star Wars character to this. To that's, make it feel I like agree home. with you entirely. I think the character he brought in was awesome. Yeah. I just... It's the same thing we said when we did Arrival. I just wish he tried a little bit more. And I know that I, that's a, such a dick thing to say, and I, I feel bad saying it, but it didn't feel like he was bringing the Force Whitaker A-game that I'm used to He didn't having. have as much time. That's true. But I did, like, the thing that I liked about his character is that he was the character that this rebellion has destroyed. Mm-hmm. It des- yeah. It destroyed his body and his mental state. He thinks that every single thing is out to get him. Yeah, and I, oh, I, I really, I know a lot of people hated it. I loved the voice. I loved the mm, voice yeah. of just like it's he, almost like that guy who's been yelling his yeah. whole life, and it's just like, yeah, I've his voice got was destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really. Oh, good. So good. Uh, I was the thing that confused me was the the monster that fucks with your brain and makes you crazy. Oh, yeah. They made a kind of a big deal about that, and it didn't really pay and off. And then he kind of got over it yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, after twenty really minutes of being out of so, jail. Uh, is that <laughs> yeah. what are better. they implying that that that's what Saul did? Like that he. That he got the thing, or oh, I, I don't think I so. I, I, I don't. I just. I think it was one of those things. Like they left a lot of things in the cutting room floor. Yeah. That one would have been. It was one. It was like that. Do you remember that that droid that got Han in Empire Strikes Back? And we never really saw what it did or the after effects of it. Just yeah. that he was sweaty yeah. <laughs> after he was done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one of those like. Torture scenes. Yeah. All right, moving on. Yeah. Well, Star and, Wars doesn't do torture no. very well, at least not in the movies. And that that part kind of felt like it really needed. Uh, extra material. That's the, that's the one part where I felt like this movie needed like the Rebel series because that character does factor into the Rebel series. Yeah, and it's like that's the first time where I felt like mm, I'm missing something here, and you're using some shorthand, and it didn't work as well. So like there was a little bit of a disconnect there. I still liked how he liked the character. I liked how he was in the world, but that's where having so many characters really detrimented. It was his part in it. Yeah. It was kind of like General Grievous for me. Yeah. Where I didn't really like him in the movie, but everyone told me he was great in the cartoon. Yeah. Right. He was, he was, yeah. Cartoon was he was cool in the cartoon, and then uh, the book that took place between the two episodes, yeah. he was a big part of, and he was cool in that book, too. Yeah. yeah. Grievous was a cool character, just horrible in episode it, three. Yeah. In the <laughs> movie, he's just like, <sighs> I don't have any lungs. Whoa. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> and that's, cold. again, the reason he's coughing and whatnot yeah. is explained in the cartoon. Yeah. But it's like, that you have this thing that you're not showing most of the people who are watching this movie. Mm. It's weirdly those things are like mm, we needed something like yeah. we, like that. That's the like it really kind of takes you out for a moment. 
but thankfully so much of the movie just pulls you back in. But, but it's, still, part, it's, like, it's, it's part, part one, of a greater universe that you need to go and read and watch all of the other things. There is a little bit of buy-in. It's not a lot, yeah. but if you want to get the full yeah. experience. Well, and I'm still kind of bitter from the extended universe thing. So, like, to ask me to buy into a new thing, yeah. like, uh-huh. I'm still, I'm, I'm recovering. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing. I, I'm yeah. look, I've got scars. Yeah. <laughs> Like I just want Darth Bane. Can you just bring me Darth Bane? Yeah. He's technically maybe, in canon. Maybe. maybe. Wait yeah. for it. Yeah. Wait to see what Snoke does. Yeah. He's technically in canon because Mark Hamill voiced him in the Clone Wars. So. Yep. And uh, oh no, never mind. I was gonna say, didn't Palpatine talk about that? But that's the other one. No, it's the other one. It's after Darth Bane. I, I don't know who Darth Bane is, but I'm picturing Bane from the Batman comics oh, it's as very different. a Jedi. Luke. And it's, uh, I was born in the dark well, side of the force. You're smart. not that They're both very off. smart. Yeah. I, I am the one with the force. <laughs> 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 you were really adopted by it. Yeah. Darth Bane oh is uh, one of my favorite stories. Tom Hardy probably would be a good Bane. He actually, yeah. Well, Dar- yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. 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 I'm just thinking of it. I'm like, oh, Brian yeah. Brian just, just went got to a place. Boner. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Brian uh, just changed your big album. Well, I was going to bring the podcast to a close, but we're going to keep going for another yeah. five or ten so minutes now. How good he'd I be at that. Stand up right now. Okay, well, I think we should move into quotes, 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 quotes. Um, I'm going to go first because I know no one has mine. I need to back up for my microphone a little bit for mine. Mine comes from, there's a certain thing in movies that I really love. And that's when there's an off-screen character who only has one line. And it's like, you can kind of tell like they're frustrated with things. <laughs> so this one comes from when Jin is going over the whole Death Star and how, where the Death Star plans are and how she can do it. And she's starting to sway people. And you hear one guy in the background just go, what is she proposing? <laughs> <laughs> Can you ask her to speak a little louder? <laughs> As they implied in the cinematography, that's a big room with people yeah, in the back. Right. And uh, you can just tell this one guy's like, my seat sucks. I, I have an important question. No one's asking it. And he's like, I'll just shout it. <laughs> I was promised punch and pie. <laughs> And like it, it doesn't take me out of the movie, but it just makes me go like I can relate to that guy. Yeah, because <laughs> that would be me in that room, just way in the back, going, "I have something to say." <laughs> uh, next, <laughs> uh, my favorite quote is from K two. Uh, a little bit after that sequence, uh, where K two goes up to Jenny and goes, "I'll be there for you." Because Cassian said I had to, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, so good. Such all a- of his lines are great. Yeah. I, it's such uh, a funny moment. I was reading something with uh, Alan Tudyk. He was afraid he was going to be the Jar Jar Binks of this movie, and he totally was not. No. That's yeah, great. Because he was smart. Yeah. I'll hold off. I've got a, a couple. Well, there, there could be a whole podcast on his his vocal, like his voice oh, yeah. work, just going from the <laughs> the dumb chicken in Moana to K2. <laughs> Still never seen Moana. It's really, really good. It's yeah, really good. Yeah. I love it. But just the knowing that he can go from just a chicken whose only line is, to you know well because cassian said i had to all right if you guys aren't ready i'll go ahead i've actually got one okay good uh i like the um (laughs) it's the line that people hate with darth vader and i love it because people hate it we didn't talk about that sequence (laughs) yeah and it's it's a bad it's a it's a dad line it's bad and but darth vader is the ultimate dad right be careful not to choke on your aspirations, director. <laughs> and I just like, ah, it's my best. That's the best one. And I feel the like fact that people hated it made oh, it I so much it. better for yeah. me. See, I like for the- me, I, I have the I have this the mental, it plays out just a little bit more. That was the last time the Hayden Christensen Darth Vader was a thing. Like He just watches like, you know what? I think I need to give up the dad jokes. I think I'm just done with it. <laughs> uh, they've played out. I'm, I'm going to be I'm gonna quit. way more <laughs> mysterious after this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm done dad joking people. <laughs> but I love that, like, Krennic deserves that joke. Totally, does. and I love that. I just, it yeah. comes together in such a scene that made me laugh. And 
then everyone dies. But like, yeah. still, yeah, I love I re- it. I really want to pick a, a fun one, but uh, since I was ill prepared, uh, <laughs> I am just gonna cheat and take the one that's on my arm because <laughs> I got it permanently placed there. Yeah. Um, but the, I'm, I'm like checking it, like I have to see what it's. Yeah. Like. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wrote it down somewhere. Wait, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, the forces with me is so inspirational. And it's so just like, if, if you know, the reason I got it tattooed on me is it's more like, I, um, uh, I, I don't know, it's like feels like, yes, I can do this, this thing, like, I just have to surrender myself to like, no, it's going to be okay. And and that just was so especially for a blind guy, you know, um, just believing that he can just walk out into the bullets, and it'll be fine, which is really not a good idea. But well, it's more so. Sorry. No, I mean, but it's for life for life, just having faith that like when things are bad they will get better you know mm-hmm. like and and you just have to just do the best you can and not because i i get a lot of anxiety and i worry about stuff and it's like yeah Shh, it's okay it's okay your arm says you'll be fine <laughs> you know i love the way that this movie kind of quietly covers up a lot of plot holes that people have pointed out like oh why are the stormtroopers the most accurately trained troopers in the galaxy missing these characters all the time and this movie's like because the force is with them <laughs> yeah. the whole time. The force wants it yeah. to not be that way. Also, that hel- those helmets are bullshit. They are. <laughs> they're total. Yeah, they, they do are. nothing. They're so. like plastic. <laughs> well, I always find it funny, Hen, how we never actually see any blast holes on any stormtroopers. No. It's just like dirt. Yeah, Good point. they just get blast marks and they die. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> it's, they're lasers. They're yeah. just phasing well, that's through. That's part of Star Wars, though. Star yeah. Wars is not bloody. E- it never even, is. Even in The Force Awakens, when that guy's like covered in blood, where is the blood? Right. He yeah. just has yeah. it on his Where is hand. it coming from? <laughs> I would be alarmed. Yeah. <laughs> that's really like the only moment of like real blood I think I've ever seen in Star Wars. That's uh, not true. New it, Hope. Yep. When he gets his arm cut off, it's covered in blood when uh, it's on the ground. Which oh, yeah. people oh, argue about I for guess. years later. They're like, yeah, it's their true. lightsaber it would have been wound. It would have. <laughs> As she's Nerds. saying it right it's now. It's true. <laughs> Maybe he's a different species and it doesn't work that That's way. Right. Mm. Also, uh, that, lightsaber, that lightsaber's old. All right. <laughs> That's an old lightsaber. It's not as hot as it used to be. It's, yeah. <laughs> It's not running. Yeah, it's not running as hot. You, as actually, you never see the lightsaber cut off his arm. You just hear the whooshing sound. It's actually some asshole with a blade that chops <laughs> his arm off. Maybe. But my favorite quote, I think, sums up this movie's relationship with Star Wars and fandom, and it compares itself to The Force Awakens in the the same way. And it's why I love this movie because it it gave us nods and Easter eggs without hitting us over the head with our own fandom. And the line was, "I've got a bad." F- Shh, be quiet. they cut him off from Uh, saying the the iconic line you know and they had to just say it probably several times in the force awakens yep uh it's (laughs) a tear up over here yeah (laughs) uh but anyhow so review system for today is going to be tough i'm being honest but it all depends on you know it's more depending on you than anything else movies with rebels in it and you can define rebel however you like very subjective of what you consider a rebel i'll go first with sing street uh so sing street was another movie that came out last year and i famously love the shit out of it i think it's one of the best movies about music or anything ever um and this movie was and that movie is very much in the main character rebels against what the school tells him to do and what it wants him to do. And he's like, no, I'm going to do my own thing and it's going to work out great. And it gets a gang of characters that you both love and you don't get enough time with much like this movie. And it just tells a wonderful story and it's great. And this movie also tells a wonderful story and it's great. I'm going to bring it full circle and say Fury Road. Okay. <laughs> that works. Because <laughs> that was the first episode yep. I was on. Um, but like, yeah, the the whole, hey, fuck you and your system. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm not going to be a part of it. And then I'm just going to destroy the fuck out of it. That works. I'm going to go with 
You're giving me a look like I'm going to hate this answer. Star Wars, A New uh. Hope. Because, <laughs> uh. sorry, I, but it's I true. I second the, uh. Whatever, I don't care. I'll do a different sound. Because uh. I love it. Uh. Because my life was changed when I saw Star Wars in 97 because I, I had never seen it before and it was fantastic and it made me happy. And I got the same emotion again while watching this movie. Aww. I did. And I had been missing it, and I wasn't sure if I was ever going to get it from a Disney movie. And they gave it to me. So I, I love it. Like, this is going to be that's it. Yep. I can't argue with that. It's going to be a weird one. <laughs> That'll work. Uh, mystery Man. They rebel against the superhero order, like the way things are supposed to be, and defeat a great and weird evil. And it's just... They're scrappy, and it's, there's some life and dirt in that. And I, I think I, I like that about this the most. That there's just there's dirt, and it's weird, and it's a group that doesn't work, shouldn't work together, but they do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mystery Men will always annoy me because it feels like such a I hate it. It's such a failed promise. I like, this should have been the most enjoyable in movie ever, <laughs> and it's fine. But it's got Janine Garofalo I, with her dad's ghost in a bowling ball, <laughs> and Eddie Izzard, who is. All, you're just you're saying more things of why it should have <laughs> yeah. been great. And, and wasn't. Anytime you just base Paul a Rubens. large portion of a movie around fart jokes, I just, I can't, guys. But I yeah. can't. Mr. Yeah. Was this like Captain Flatulence or yeah. something? Oh, it's so yeah. good. I can't yeah. do it. Is it, though? Is it though? The one guy that can only no, be invisible not. when no one's looking at him. But there are two movies that are very defined by how dirty they look. And, yeah. I, and I really like that about both those movies. Mm. Yeah, that works. And does they feel so, like, tactile? I don't know. Yeah. It, uh, like I said, it's a weird. It's a weird selection. It's weird. I'm gonna go with the Matrix. Okay. Because it was really good, and it was very <laughs> gritty and dark, and they used shadows to their advantage most mm-hmm. of the time. The costume design was really good, and uh, they both had bullet time slow motion camera shot. No wait. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for I'm, a minute there, I was like, I'm what? out. <laughs> uh, okay, so that brings today's episode to a close. Uh, quick round of plugs for those of you still sticking around. Uh, follow us uh, online, ATHpod.com. You can check out all of our new articles. Uh, Twitter, ATH underscore podcast. Everywhere else, ATH podcast. Rate and review us on iTunes. Email us at ATHpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Emily, you can follow at her podcast, Chicks Who Script. And what else do you have? At the Emily Blake is my Twitter. That's it. Um, yeah. And then I hope we saw you last weekend at Chewy's Art Fair, and we hope to do more of those. Thank you for buying all my stuff. Yeah, all of Shit, you. Shit, that was last week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still have it like marked, like, don't forget to go. Oh, thank oh, you. We're recording in the future. You'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> you will have been there last weekend. Don't yeah, worry about it. You were already it. there, okay, and so you had a great not, time. God, you so bought so much art. Was you were my greatest customer. Yeah. <laughs>